Welcome to the Humans Inside the Pods with Morgan O'Learon, a podcast exploring the power of community, one conversation at a time. Hi, and welcome back to the Humans Inside the Pods. This week, I'm sharing my conversation with Fanny, a serial entrepreneur and a seasoned co-leaver with a passion for community and helping others realize their dreams. Hi, Fanny. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for joining me. This is yeah. really exciting. I, uh, I really enjoy doing this with people that I know a little bit because I feel like, I mean, I enjoy doing this with everyone really. <laughs> But when I know people, I feel like we sometimes don't necessarily, especially when we work together, we don't necessarily mm -hmm. talk about um, personal experiences, which we, yeah. we should. Um, It's very true. So this is going to be fun, I think. Mm -hmm. But before we dive in, uh, please just uh, introduce yourself the way you want to yeah sure so my name is Fanny I oh there's a lot of things to say but let's say about work so I, I started my first company in 2016 so five years ago now um, with my boyfriend and at the time it was a crazy dream that was in our head and then somehow we turned that into a company that was that, that turned out to be very successful now Um, so yeah, I've been running that. And then a year later, I started a second one just because I felt very lonely in my first company with the co-living. So I decided to launch Co-Living Hub, which is the industry association for co-living. And then that was so much fun. We were working with people from all over the world. And three years later, I grew a little bit bored of my role and I just left to give it to other people, such as you, who is doing an amazing job with that. And I just decided to launch a third one because I don't know, it was just fun. You know, uh, I've always thought that creating company is just so much fun and creating something out of nothing is, yeah, it makes me feel alive. So that's what I do now, create things out of nowhere and go through the chaotic process of creation. And uh, that, that's really what I love. And that's really what I love helping people doing as well. So yeah, that's my my purpose Intro. in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, love it. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit where you're from and maybe yeah. where you grew up? I mean, we don't have to go back to the early, yeah. early childhood, <laughs> but maybe a bit of context in terms of, um, yeah, the, what type of culture you grew up in and what type of school experience you had maybe. Sure. So I'm Swiss. Um, I grew up in Switzerland in a very small village uh, in the mountains. So, you know, I'm used to having thousand people around me. I mean, very small village. Um, I grew up with two sisters, one brother, so big family. Um, and well, school, I have a mixed feeling about school because <laughs> I, the way, the way I was raised was like, follow the rules, um, don't go out of the, don't break the, the, the system, uh, be perfect, always have the right answer, never fail. And I did that until the end of university. So, and the last year of my university was, I think the most painful one because I realized that I became someone, I didn't know who I was. I was supposed to get a job after university and I just didn't know What, what job was working for me? And nothing was really, nothing really made sense. And I tried to fit 
in the society. So I really tried to, okay, I got my first corporate job after nine months of trying to find one. And after three weeks, I felt so angry about, I could not say exactly what it was that I just said it to leave and start my own company. So yeah, that's, and you know, for me, it's very weird because in my family, no one is really entrepreneurial. My dad has his own He's a pharmacist, so he has his own small business, but he kind of follow the rule of like, that's what you do as a pharmacist, you have your yeah. business and you follow the rule of what it is to be a pharmacist. But no one else around me was like, you have dreams, do something with them. They were like, you have an education, you have a master's degree, find a job. And that was really painful to let go of the, find a job to create your own company. That was really, really scary. and. I felt like I was missing a little bit the support around me to do that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I asked that question because I know a little bit of the, the backstory and I know we mm. share a lot of uh, common um, thoughts on, on yeah. school and education. So I think it's such an interesting topic. And um, mm -hmm. I want to dive a little bit into co-living as well, but I think we should definitely mm -hmm. revisit uh, this and entrepreneurship. And I'm sure it will come back to yeah. together because your your co-living story is linked to entrepreneurship anyway mm -hmm. um but do, do you yeah when is the first time if you remember that you've, you've heard about co-living well that's interesting i think it was the exactly when i started my own company which was a co-living so the first time i really got into that world I, again i was not a nomad or anything i was like looking for a corporate job in mm. the netherlands like mm. sending cvs all day And then one friend of mine just told me about this uh, program called Remote Year for digital nomads. And I was like, wow, there's such a thing as like, you take your laptop and you start traveling around the world and you basically travel and you work. And that sounds, at that time for me, it sounded amazing because there I was on my couch sending CVs trying to find a job in Amsterdam where it rains all year, you know, kind of. Um, so that's really how I entered the world of digital nomadism. And then because of that, I also understood that these people had to live somewhere. Mm. And that's when co-living, just, you know, co-working was kind of a concept that was that already was, that most people knew about that. Mm. But co-living was still kind of new, at least for this target group. And I figured out, yeah, these people must live somewhere. So where do they live? And that's where I learned about co-living. Right. And that's, yeah, really just how, from and, digital nomadism. And what was your first experience? Where was With co-living, you mean? Yeah. Um, scary. <laughs> <laughs> really, I have to say it was super scary. Well, so hang on. The thing is, as a student, I used to co-live. I had roommates, right? So it's kind yes. of like a first experience of co-living, just that it was for students and it yeah. was... So I always, I always had good experience with, with, uh, with my roommates or flatmates. But when I started doing that as a professional, then it changed a lot because then suddenly you have to share. It felt a lot more than just a flat where, you know, you can go to university and just be out. Mm. Whereas in a co-living, you share like who you are, uh, you get help from other people, you share sometimes like you have this mastermind, this business, all this stuff that was a bit scary for me just because I felt I did not necessarily fit in 
Was mm. I really fitting in the community? Did I really belong with these people or not? So the first time was a little bit like, hmm, I'm not sure it's for me. And then I did it. And then of course it's for me because co-living is for everyone. It doesn't matter. It's like, are you a human being? Yes. Can you co-live? Yes, of course you can. It's just about, are you willing to share your experience with other people? Are you willing to share a kitchen, a bathroom, like a little bit of who you are and what you know best? That is co-living, you know, more than just a scary experience. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and how long did it take before? Because you said you discovered it and then you reflected like, okay, where are people living? I need to create that business like how long did it take before you first experienced like your first nomad um, digital nomad experience your first co-living experience and then you thought okay I need to start my own what was the, mm. the process it, yeah it really happened at the same time that's the thing I was it, it was really really intense because in a month so it happened that I was sending my CV in the Netherlands as I was saying trying to find that job Uh, at some point, uh, my boyfriend found this ad that says, come to Lisbon, there's this cool accelerator program of a month, just launch your business and, you know, we'll see what happens. So I told my boyfriend, let's do it. Like, let's just apply for that thing. We did. And we got in, you know, like out of, because we had no idea about business, nothing, but whatever. We applied, we got in. And in, during that one month of accelerator program in Lisbon, Uh, we had the idea of building something for nomads and we really wanted to help them travel around the world. And in the end of the one month of research and talking to people, we realized mm, it doesn't really make sense. There are already other companies doing that. But what if instead we just opened a co-living? And that's really how Swiss Escape was born. Technically, my co-living, the idea of the co-living space was born within a month. Um, and then I really thought again, like, because I, I thought I was, I was going to fail because that's how I grew up or I don't know. I really thought we'll start a co-living. No one will come in six months. We'll close down the thing and we will just go back to finding a job. Fine. Well, <laughs> in six months later, we had our first client. So we did not close down. We had our first client. So that, that took really six months. Mm. And then I thought, okay, if we have one client, we need to have more because a co-living with, with one person is not really a co-living. That's like, you know, sharing flies. It doesn't make sense. So we had to find other people. And, and that's first initial three months of like really the company are being paid for what we were doing were for me the most intense in terms of, okay, now I'm responsible. That's yeah. how I felt. I'm responsible for the happiness of other people. <laughs> which is not entirely true, but that's how I felt at the time. And I was co-living with them on oh, top of that. Right. Yes. So it was really, really intense. Um, I learned a lot during this, this first winter. Um, I learned like how people behave, what do they want, what do they not want? And I also learned a lot about myself. What are my limits? Because I remember some nights I just came back in my bedroom crying because I could not handle having so many people around and the amount of pressure I was putting on me being the good host and the perfect this and always smiling and always happy and always willing to help someone when in fact I could I could not handle that you know mm. so that was my 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 story as an operator I was young I did not understand that you don't do this you, you cannot co-live with your people 
with your with your clients or i could not co-live with my clients i know some people can not me and that's mm -hmm. okay yeah that's okay yeah would you still recommend it just to learn about what to do and what not to do uh, 100%. Or, yeah <laughs> yes yes 100 it does like you learn so much faster when you are your own client or you are facing directly your client however what i would recommend now looking back is just know your limits you don't need to live three months with your clients to understand that you can do that in two weeks you know you can also take breaks and this is what i would have now if i had to do it again i would just do it like a two two weeks blocks probably and then a, a, like a break or something and then do it again mm. because that's how you reiterate like you get to understand what people don't like or like and then you can make changes and then go back with the changes and then try again and that's how how it makes sense to, to do that yeah and then, yeah so but do you you still enjoy co-living but in another kind of setup when you're not the person in charge kind of 100 yeah yes i, I get that love it co-living has changed my life in a mm. way that nothing else could have um i so the the, the last co-living experience i had was six months ago that's actually when we opened our second space which is now greek escape which is the the result out of the experience we had co-living with with people and that was completely different from the first very first co-living experience i had at that like the last co-living experience i had was i grew so much personally and my business grew so fast thanks to the interaction that i had with these people in my house because suddenly i had five pair of brains available to me at all times it, it, okay it's i'm exaggerating but this is how it feels <laughs> you have the power of the community that kind of surrounds you you can be part of that community but you don't have to you can also decide to go out you can decide to i love walking so every day i go for long walks or i stay in my room and i don't need to talk to people all the time but when i do talk to people it just like it creates magic really it's just like we create things together just by being together it's effortless it's natural it's easy it's so such an easy birding process if you want to create an idea or to take a dream from a dream to an idea to like something that could that could really exist and i realized so i was doing that for two months now uh, two and a half months in greece i've tried so many things i've tried i've launched so many small projects with these people because it felt like a safe space for me to experiment all my ideas i was not going to be judged i was not going to be criticized worst case nothing happened and it didn't matter we were just having fun together and that was a big difference um so yeah no i i love co-living i really love co-living <laughs> I, I love to hear stories like that because my experience of co-living is very much um, kind of like all the time for a long period of time. So yeah. I've, I've done like a three-year yeah. kind of bit. Wow. Um, and I, I never really realized that I could also kind of like mix and match, right? It's just like I could go somewhere because at the time I didn't have... Uh, The job that would allow me to do this yes i had to go to the office and stuff so it wasn't an yeah. option but now that I've, i'm much more independent mm -hmm. i feel like 
it could be super fun to have that option to go somewhere for a couple of months uh, and experience the co a community and then maybe go back to a more private uh, setting. Yeah, hundred percent. This is actually like that's exactly what you're saying. This is what I what I've been feeling because I have sometimes the feeling that I crave people. I need to be around people, and then after I had people, I crave to be alone. Right. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of this balance of like co-living and then being alone in your own apartment. And for mm. me, it's very much like seasons. You know, like we have four seasons during the year, and it feels like I also work this way. Maybe three months I need people, and then I need a break, and then again. And it's just like that. And, and when you start working with this balance thing and be much more free, it's, I don't know, it, you have this, this feeling of freedom and of like relief and, and you can create things, but you can also be alone and, and all this stuff. So yeah, I, mm. I would 100% recommend if you can yes, exactly. <laughs> to try to find this balance also. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. how do you because now your experience in Greece seems really, really lovely and mm -hmm. clearly it was the right type of people. Mm -hmm. I think that's one question that comes up a lot is like how to make sure or if there is a way to make sure, but how to ensure that you have the right type of people around you or that you're joining the right type of community. Mm -hmm. I think that would be mm -hmm. maybe my worry. hundred percent. That is also my worry. Like, I've done other co-living experiences and that was also one of my work. Who is going to be in the house? Mm. Who am I going to live with? Mm. Um, I think, so the way, well, the, the way I solve this, this problem for myself at least is like, first I try to understand who's the founder? Who's the, who's the person operating that thing? What, what are they like? Do I like what they do? Do I like who they are as people? Because the chance that the, the, the co-living reflects who's the founder is very high. Usually, you know, we put a lot mm -hmm. of effort as, as operators into our co-living or not, you know, some people don't. So it really depends. Um, so that's one thing. And then I also look at what kind of people have already been there. Uh, you, you look at reviews on Facebook or Google or these kind of things. But very often also, I just ask my friends because now I have a circle of digital nomads or you asking groups, you know, these Facebook groups like digital nomads, uh, Spain or whatever, it depends where you want to go. And usually their people would tell you like, okay, that was not good or that was good or something. Mm. Um, and another thing is if you're scared, why don't you just try it for a week just to yeah. see what it's like. You yeah. don't have to do it for a month. You don't need to commit, you know, it's, that's the thing. We have so many people, so not so many people, but sometimes at Swiss Escape, people who tell us, I just want to come for a week. And if I like it, I extend it for a month. Is that okay? And for me, 100% it's okay. Because as an operator, I don't want someone in my house who feels that they don't belong. It, yeah. you know? And I want to give people the freedom to decide whether they are part of it or they are not part of the community. Mm. And that's an individual choice. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. And you kind of answered my, my, my question already, but mm -hmm. it's like, how do you, do you keep in touch with some of the people that you meet? Because I think that's something I really, really loved uh, in my experience is that I mm -hmm. stayed with so long that I really created deep relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I guess it's a cliche because, or preconceived idea, because I'm sure you can have 
amazing experience and create deep friendship even in a short period of time but i think mm -hmm. that would be my my question as well is like am i just gonna is it gonna be just um a short time and then we kind of all move somewhere on you and never heard of you hear of each other again or mm -hmm. clearly you're still in touch with a lot of people <laughs> yeah so that you that's a very good point how do you keep in touch after i think that, that that's the, the the problem of like every single person who keeps traveling around the world and and yeah it's not only co-living it's not as as soon as you're like nomad nomading yeah. or like working remotely and moving around that's what you do so i so interestingly enough the the people that i that i met now that i was that, that are my very good friends i have co-lived with them only after I met them, I think only after two, two or three years that I, that I knew them. So I met them in, in, for example, in Budapest. We were just like friends met at a meetup or something. And then we went our own way. Like we were together for maybe a month or something, then went our own way to meet later, a year later in another place in Thailand, spend there a month together again, all in our in our own apartments and then that was that and then to meet them again a year later or six months later in Spain and so this is really how I kind of build my circle of friends around like if they are at that specific destination why don't I just go there as well because for me it also matters who is in the place it's not only about oh I want to go to Berlin if no one's in Berlin why would I go there mm -hmm. so the people that I really enjoy I try to go where they're at or try to you know coincide our travel schedule and the people that i don't enjoy spending time with i don't really make the effort you know this is just how it works because yeah, i've met yeah. so many people over the years and i cannot be friends with so many people you know of um, course yeah so that's really how i how i dealt with that that thing mm. but i have to say one other thing again because i'm an operator of co-living for me there's still this barrier of like they are my clients and so it's really hard for me to like make the distinction the distinction between client or friends and i i don't know i still have this resistance of like being super good friends with my clients just because they paid me it's very weird but it's, i still have this this idea in my head that yeah they are just maybe very 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 good clients and your friends also but they're not your very 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 best friends and that's okay as well yeah. you know yeah so. it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting uh yeah line like i remember when i lived in the house back in stockholm and mm -hmm. i i i was still working in something completely different not in co-living and i mm -hmm. really really wanted to work in co-living but I didn't know I, I barely knew what it was right and I didn't yeah. know like what type of job there was there and I I remember thinking but maybe I could take care of a community and then mm -hmm. I thought but wait if I were to take care of this community which is mine wouldn't it be weird that I would be paid mm -hmm. to literally like uh, take care of my friends and, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah it kind of made me rethink the whole idea because mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's a complex role to be both yeah. a member and part of the team that runs uh some people manage it really really well mm -hmm. and uh and i'm kind of 
even now that we're planning something with uh, with my partner, uh, I'm also thinking like, okay, I think we need a very flat, mm-hmm. uh, well, no hierarchy kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, there's not this uh, problem of feeling like we're responsible for everyone's happiness, like you said at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it feels like, isn't it? Like they pay you so you feel responsible for their happiness, which also sometimes doesn't really make sense because you're not responsible. Like you are responsible up to a certain point, but then at yeah, some point yeah, it's like of the course, other person. like you provide the comfort and the Wi-Fi, and yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the happiness is a, a whole whole other uh, ball game, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So Swiss Escape was your first mm-hmm. uh, company, and then you had Co Living Hub. Then you had Greek Escape last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you have a new project. Yes. And yes. Uh, how, because you mentioned that your family is not really like entrepreneur and mm-hmm. you studied, I forgot to ask you, you for, studied tourism, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. What, I mean, <laughs> how? <laughs> did Mm -hmm. you go from getting your diploma Mm -hmm. not really Mm. being surrounded by this kind of like startup-y entrepreneur crowd and still end up six years later with like four companies yeah good good question actually what happened that I never thought about that that's a very good point yeah because I was great I grew up I raised and taught to be an employee all my life yeah Mm. and I'm not at all an employee I've, I've been an employee three weeks in my life so that's not a lot, a lot of time I would say and those were the most the longest three weeks of my life it felt like three years I don't three months or something um, I think you know so well the first company was definitely the hardest to start because I had to overcome all the self-doubts the I'm going to fail I'm not good enough I can't do it I don't even know how to do it but what really helped at the time was that I went one month in Lisbon to in this incubator. Well, it was an accelerator program really because they teach you in one month how to create a company, which I had no idea how. So they gave us all the basics in one month, which was way too fast, but at least I had something to hold on to, something to, okay, that's how kind of how it works. So I could create the beginning of Swiss Escape. And then it's not that I studied entrepreneurship at all, but then I started having entrepreneurs in my house. Lots of people that were creating projects, companies, telling me stuff. And sometimes, I guess, you know, when you surround yourself with these kind of people, it makes you think, what else is possible for me? If I was following also my dreams, and if I thought nothing was going to stop me, and if I just went all in with this idea, what would happen? Because that's the kind of crowd we had at Swiss Escape and we still have now, you know. Uh, these people coming from all over the world. We had like people from the US, Singapore, Australia, all of them very like with this drive that's like, we are our own bosses and we have, we are running virtual teams and we are young, we are, I don't know, 25 and we have five employees. You know, we had that kind of people always. Mm. And so that really made me think if someone from Singapore can run a super successful design studio when she's like, she started when she was, I don't know, 25, I don't remember her age. And she's like developing crazy stuff for McDonald's and Visa and all these big companies. I can do it as well. I'm not less dumb than she is, you know, if she figured out, I can also. 
again, the power of the community really comes back to that. And so that was really for me, the, the probably the thing that pushed me to keep believing that I was able to create things. Mm. And then the set, second company, Co-Living Hub, was so much easier to create just because we were six co-founders. Mm. So six people got together, created something that was solving our problem, meaning we were all co-living operators feeling super lonely because at the time in Europe, there wasn't so many co-living spaces and we felt like we needed to share our struggles and best practices and all that stuff. So that came along. Well, I'm not saying the creation process was easy. It wasn't. It was long and chaotic. But again, I had the drive with other people. So mm. there was always other people involved in that. And then the same for Greek Escape and the same for now for the, um, the incubator, which I'm creating is like, I know that surrounding myself with people is necessary. It's crucial. I cannot do it alone. Mm. I need sometimes someone else to tell me, hey, it's okay. When I feel just so down and so like nothing is working and I can't do it. I need someone else to tell me, hey, that's okay. It's just like, you have a bad day, take the day off, do something else. Tomorrow will be better. And really, I think a big part of my success is based on who I surround myself with. And that is so, so important. I think every entrepreneur tells you that, and that is very true. So you can learn on the go, everything. All the strategies can be learned on the go. But people are so much more important than strategies, in my opinion. Now, they are as important as strategies, mm. for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I really relate to that a lot. Like, I didn't put it in those terms because I didn't reflect on it with mm. the entrepreneur mindset that I don't have. <laughs> But um, yeah, there's something you said earlier that you were raised to be mm. an employee. Yeah. That like kind of whoa that woke up something in me when you said that because mm -hmm. it's the same for me yes and I it's so interesting oh my yeah. god it really like I'm having a breakthrough <laughs> right now it's like yes that's how I was educated mm -hmm. like I went to school and I was never told that there were anything else than being an employee yeah and when I discovered co-living and mm -hmm. I entered this house full of people and ideas and concepts and yeah companies being created overnight you know just having coffee and hot chocolate and being like hey why yeah. not do this <laughs> it's like, yeah 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 we yes. always take this example in the house but i mean there's many more companies that have been created there but there's this couple of guys who just started growing uh greens on the ground and doing mm -hmm. hydroponics and now mm -hmm. that was like three years ago and they're still you know doing well in stockholm yeah and yeah. um and that completely blew my mind and yeah I never thought that I could be my own boss. Yeah. Never. Yeah. In a million years. So of course. And I think that's a really great, not on purpose, but a really great transition. If you want to tell us a little bit more mm -hmm. about what your your new company is about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the incubator of Swiss Escape, or at least the incubator of all my co-living. And uh, basically for me, that company is my third, probably third child at that point. Like that's how I see it. And that's the one where I was courageous enough to do it by myself. Because the first two, I was not courageous enough. I was, I had, I needed my partner, my boyfriend to do it with me. And then the second one, I needed five other people to do it with me. And now I just feel like I, I can do it myself. I don't need anyone. I can be, I can be my own leader. And so that, that's, that's the, the one that I'm, yeah. 
I'm learning a lot on my leadership skills and what it means mm. to just do things the way I want them without the approval of someone else. Mm. So the incubator is very much helping people who have an idea or dream to turn that into a business because that's how I found my freedom. For me, that was the biggest transformation in my life to decide one day that I'm going to go to Lisbon and I'm going to try to see what's in my head and make it come true. Even if it fails, and I was sure it was going to fail, but that was the biggest transformation. The beginning of like my freedom gave me freedom to travel around the world. It gave me freedom to earn my own money and do whatever I want with that. And I felt if there's one thing in my life that I'm the most proud of is that moment of I made the decision and I just started my own company. Mm. That was the, the bravest and the toughest decision as well. And so the incubator is just that, helping people to make that move from, I have a dream to, I can do it. If I can dream it, I can make it for real. This is no, there's no rocket science. There are a couple of business strategies that is true that you need to learn. But the biggest thing you need to learn is how you're going to handle your mind. What's in, what's in your brain? What, is, what are the voices telling you? Mm. And so I love, that's a mindset work really. And in the incubator, uh, most of the things I work on with people is their mindset, is how am I not going to sabotage my own success? How am I going to keep going no matter what other people tell me, no matter if some days I think I can't do it? How can I do it no matter what? Because that's the truth. That's the freedom in the end of the day. Create something that's your own and that, that makes you happy. That's how you find your real purpose, your freedom. So yeah, the incubator is just all of that. It's helping people to create this life that they really want for themselves. It's helping them, if they want to go travel, they go travel. If they want to stay, you know, in the country where they are, they can stay. But the, the biggest freedom is always, what are you thinking? What's in your head? Mm. So yeah, that's the incubator in a nutshell. That's awesome. So mm. basically being, being the person that maybe you didn't have yeah at the beginning for these people to exactly yeah no i i love that mm -hmm. so yeah i think i i would have needed that <laughs> yeah like yeah of course of course i, I think I all mean, of us yeah. yeah and especially i mean i, I don't want to generalize and i know mm. um, a lot of people regardless but i also have a feeling that a lot of women uh, have much more self-doubt I mean at least all my girlfriends that I can think of right now or most of them we've had that conversation of are we good enough are we going to fail stuff like that so 100% that's a pattern yeah. I see so much more in women than in guys <laughs> like if Swiss Escape is still alive today it's really thanks to I feel in many ways it's thanks to the very good mindset of my boyfriend who keeps thinking no we are going to make it because if it was up to me, that would have been closed like after six months. I'm not sure it would have survived six months, you know? Um, and that is crazy. It's just, again, I was never taught entrepreneurship from a women's perspective. Yeah. I was taught entrepreneurship also from a male's perspective and very much about what are the strategies and productivity and the tools and the fancy apps and hacks and blah, blah, blah. That works. But this is not the, that's like 20% of the work. 80% of the work for me is how am I going to think every day that I'm good enough to do what I do? How am I going to show up in front of my clients, even though I'm scared to death and I don't even want to face another human being because I think I'm just not good enough. 
that is the real work <laughs> strategies not the thing that supports you but yeah 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 i love that this should be a class like at <laughs> uni or even in high school yes. you know like <laughs> yeah there should be a class on failure because one mm -mm. thing i really realized recently failure is not really failure like I, there was a big project that i was part of that just didn't work so you could see okay yeah that's a, that's technically failure but the way i see it is it was not failure it was just i learned so much out of doing that and then it's just like okay the door closed because maybe it was not meant for me it was not the right project for me and it's okay because something else will come yeah. so that's how you handle failure but if no one explains to you that failure is actually something you kind of look for yeah or you want mm. then you are scared and you are you don't even start in the first place you're right? stuck yeah you're stuck definitely so, yeah. and i think i don't know if it's something that comes with age but <laughs> um i think for a very 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 long time I kept telling myself that it's okay that I'm stuck because I'm I'm young, you know, and so eventually another version of me will handle it, you know. I always yeah. thought that at some point mm -hmm. a new version of Morgan would mm -hmm. appear that mm -hmm. is self-confident and independent and you know and she would make it everything go mm -hmm. away and fix. But now I realize I'm turning 35 this summer. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she's coming. I think it's yeah. just me. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I, I have to do ask. it. <laughs> I was going to ask, yeah, what are you? That's the thing. Because you decide at some point, you know, it's not like she's going. Like, I think as women, but again, that's really tricky. As women, I feel, or as little girl, I was like, I was sleeping beauty in the top of the tower waiting for someone to come and save me. That's really like the kind of ideas that were in my mind. Yeah. But that does not make sense. No, because if you do that, you do that. You wait your whole life stuck, hoping that someone will come and save you or hoping that the top version of you will come and save you. Yeah. The top version of you will never come unless you start to do the work now that yeah. it takes a decision. And then it takes action to follow up on that decision. And that is the tricky part sometimes. Like it's yes. not enough to say, I want that. Then you need to do something about it, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's, yeah, it's like realizing and saying, okay, this needs to stop. Yeah. But that's not the hardest part. The hardest mm. part is how and mm. who's going to push me over the edge so I actually yeah. do it, right? Yeah. And I yeah. think that's what we need. And I think that's also why, okay, now I'm also kind of generalizing and talking about women in general, but mm -hmm. I think that's why I surround myself I mean I talk to my girlfriends all the time and I, we yeah. have this little chat where we kind of encourage each other and mm -hmm. tell each other because we're so quick to recognize each other's skills yes and we congratulate each other on everything but when it's about ourselves, we're like oh yeah. no 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 I suck I'm gonna fail yeah. you know mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. it's horrible <laughs> yeah that's welcome to the world of women I, yes. I have the same thing so I completely understand what you mean you're right. And I think surrounding yourself with other people who go through the same journey as you mm. is so essential because mm. you realize you're not alone thinking this way. Mm. Lots of other people have the same struggles. And just knowing that also gives you the drive to think, okay, I'm normal. Yes. And I can do it also. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is so inspiring. I love it. <laughs> 
Um, is there anything else you think we should have dived into that we haven't talked about yet? Um, no, I cannot think of really anything else right now. It was just a, a nice intro on co-living and mindset and entrepreneurship, all the stuff I love to talk about anyways. Yeah. Then I think I can ask you the last question of the podcast I always ask everyone, which mm -hmm. is uh, what makes a home for you? Mm. What makes a home is for me, it's the, the, the feeling of belonging, belonging with some other people. Um, when I feel that I fit in, mm -hmm. the home can be anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter. It's this feeling that I'm surrounded by people and I belong in a community. Yeah. Love it. Could mm -hmm. not agree more. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Then I think you are, you and I are really similar in co-living. I think we should yes. co-live together probably. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Right? That was Humans Inside the Pods with Morgan O'Learon. Make sure to join our mailing list so you don't miss an episode. Link in our bio.